The Banyju, Shepheel McCardle Mish, as Bavaliam Golfer Cashew, Gossachler Show, Shachle. I'm Fiona McCardle, and you're very welcome to this programme, Shachle. Shachle is a programme in which we look at the island's rich culture and heritage. This time, things take rather a dramatic turn. At the Erin Arts Centre this evening, Thursday the 24th of February and tomorrow, Friday the 25th, both at 7.30, Russian players present two ghost stories as readings. The stories are linked by a common theme, that of greed. The Stalls of Barchester was written by M.R. James and it's described as a gothic, spine-chilling tale. It's set in the 1800s and tells of how an archdeacon called Dr. Haynes gained his position by unscrupulous means and the consequences of that. The second is a classic tale by W.W. Jacobs, The Monkey's Paw, where, having three wishes granted, it may not be quite the unalloyed joy it seems to promise. The Russian players say that the more quietly the subject matter is conveyed to us, the more terrifying it can be, and the closer in we lean to listen. So they're inviting people to come along to the Erin Arts Centre for 7.30 on Thursday the 24th or Friday the 25th and to be prepared for a night of thrills and chills. Tickets are £10, but only £2 for under-18s. Wine and light refreshments will be served in the interval. And here dollars Sean Doohan McKeown of Fogel Ferish, Chitrish, Unsfogler, Juana Kelly. Ge nach Rai Clouch, Dera Haki Jeg, Sheas Tree Feed. Ve Kurich Rochelia, Keed Bladen, Roshen. De Jeechen Doon, the Beyond a Sly, Sun Hellion, and Fogel, Ferish. Ach, Ve Kangel Trish, Skeelen, McKeown, Jalo and Bega. Ellen, Millish, as Pishagach. Uns in a Jane Vunja Vega, Jane Ellen Heen. Vadsen Kuntit, Marfir, Vagrana. Brain nas gonless ach na kirtan, de povel an elian. Vaslai kermach bi as jock, a freelan munja vega, un skin mai. She arn je tail spirit all vad, as vad kern trocher an tear, na kirtan. Vech skeelan mckeonan vunja vega, an bagain, an taru ustje, as creaturen elle, a her slayer creme girta chalach. Trevan a hechen liauras doracha segeura. We heard from Dilla Sauri last time something about her musical presentation, Airs and Braces, at the Centenary Centre in Peel, with its premiere tomorrow evening, Friday the 25th of February. And so quickly did tickets sell out that a second night was arranged for Saturday the 26th of February but that's down to returns on the night now as well. As Marilyn mentioned, we're rejoining Dillis Hurry again this time to hear more about airs and braces, with a reminder of some of the background she described last time. My mum has always told me anecdotes of her past when she was young and she was always very proud of the fact that her grandfather had originally come to the point of her lighthouse as a lighthouse keeper 
and then that her mother had been a teacher and she was in Stranraer in Scotland and her father, grandfather Petrie, who was the lighthouse keeper, uh, wanted her to come over to the Isle of Man and join the rest of the family. So she came over and then um, my mum's dad, my granddad, he'd been in the Black Watch Regiment in the First World War and Nana and Grandad met at Bride Chapel and they had their wedding party there, which is documented in the Sunday School Ledger, in which I still write. And then before that, actually, my Nana was a teacher at Bride School. So we have a connection with Bride School, Bride Chapel. We still have the connection with Bride Chapel. I realised through writing myself in the Sunday School Ledger that my Nana had been musical director at the Sunday School. And then in the middle of the Sunday School Ledger, my mum had been, and, and now I am, really, so... You know, you, you just realise all the links you have with the past. And I just thought I wanted to do something about it because after my mum died, I worried that all these old stories and the way of life that they'd had would just be forgotten about unless people write them down. So some people write books. And I just thought because of the musical tradition within my family that I would try and write something musical. What's the music that you've used then to take the story forward? I've written it all, most of it myself, and I've based it on just folk tunes that just came into my head. There are three or four Manx tunes in it as well. So there's the Melia, there's Ramsey Town, Paul Costain is singing a well-known Manx song that my dad used to sing. So he's kind of pretending to be my dad at that point, because we all pretend to be different characters, because that's what has always happened around the, around the kitchen table and the farm, around any sort of social gathering that our family have had we've we've told anecdotes and we've pretended to be those characters and it, it still goes on my son is very good at doing that so watch yourself if you're ever in the ginger hall my mum and family always used to talk about uh, tom henny thomas henry call it the postman and he was um, postman for over 50 years in bride and he used to stride out along the lanes and that always captured my imagination and I thought of a song about him, first of all, with that rhythm of his walk, really, informing the beat of the tune. And then I, I thought of some words, so that was my first song. For over 50 years, we're told Tom Henny worked his patch. Two world wars within this time gave him sad news to dispatch. But he kept up beat till he retired and a motor band in his place. Then the bright folk missed his hand. And then um, one day I was driving to work over the mountain road and I suddenly had the idea for the song of them all coming across the sea, like a kind of a sea shanty. And it's got some Scottish influence and it's also got Manx influence. So that song came to me and um, I just sang it. I stopped at the side of the road and sang it into my phone so that I would have it Mm. on the phone. And quite often I go out to the point of air lighthouse and take photographs Um, And I'm always inspired out there. And a lot of the tunes have come to me whilst I've been out there. And I've just sung them into my phone whilst I've been there. From Scotland to the point of air in 1921 The Hesperus sailed across the sea Under a sun that shone Lighthouse keeper Petrie came to take his final post would be the one that he would love the most. 
Um, but yeah, I wanted to think about um, and, and give a tribute really to my mum because she had to leave school when she was 14, along with many other um, children who were quite capable, but just because they failed their 11 plus, they were unable to go on to secondary education. So either they um, had to become labourers on the farm or perhaps their parents could have paid for them to go on to further education. But mum actually had to become a labourer on the farm. But then she was so proud because she said, well, the farmers, the local farmers always said I was as good as two men. So that's in a song. Now as a young woman out working the land, keep the rain steady and slow. I followed the horses and gave my commands. Can't complain, keep your head low. The neighbouring farmers were full of praise then. Keep the rain steady and slow. Told me that I did the job of two men. Can't complain, keep your head low. And then there was another character called Muriel Jockin, who used to be the choir mistress at Bride Chapel, and I remember her very well. And she features on a beautiful um, photograph by Chris Killip, actually, her and her husband, Fred. They used to farm at Cronkben. And she used to say about my mum that she'd never seen anyone spreading the butter on the bread so well as my mother. So that features in a song as well. And it does actually remind me of the old Fulton Builders tracks that they used to do. So uh, I think I've got a bit of inspiration from them for that song. And that's based above the tune. It's like a counter melody to the tune of the Melia. And uh, Paul Rogers has been with me on this journey because he's helped me with his fiddle playing and we've um, developed the tunes between us quite often and then also my friend Martin Wharton from Hull he recorded tunes for me during lockdown and sent them over to Jip again at Ballagroove Recording Studios and then more recently um, I thought I felt that I should write a song about bride school so um, originally I was thinking oh what can I do here and it had all sorts of little elements in, in it and I didn't quite know how to put them together so I tried and I, I wrote some little bits down and then Gareth Moore was really good in helping me to put that into a, a piece of properly transcribed music that he could play on the piano. Apart from the music you're developing it as a stage presentation so other people in yeah. so bouncing ideas off them. Yes that's that's been wonderful um, I really started it all out thinking I was just going to do it myself so that was a very silly idea <laughs> Um, but then um, Sarah Hendy said that she would help me. So she gave me some really good ideas, actually, about basing it around the kitchen table, um, keeping props to um, a minimum. Um, and if you're going to need too many characters, then each of your characters on stage could play that other character simply by wrapping a scarf around their head or putting a jacket on or just adopting a different voice. And I thought, yes, because that's the sort of thing that used to happen. So, for instance, there's a scene um, of a circus where my mother says that, that she was the teacher's pet, or the character Jen playing um, my mum, she says, um, I was the teacher's pet, you know, and she took me to the circus. So originally I had these silly ideas about a clown suddenly appearing in the audience and juggling and things. And then Sarah said, well, that wouldn't happen, would it? Because around the kitchen table... Um, you know, one of you would maybe start juggling with some apples that were on the table and somebody else might do a cartwheel or something like that. 
So um, nobody's actually doing those things, but what they are doing is, is really lovely in that little scene. Um, yeah, so, and then um, Nick Kane said he was very interested in it because I'd sent him a couple of the tunes and he said, oh, that sounds wonderful. And so that was great because I've often, you know, I've been friends with Nick for a long time now through Young Farmers and things. And um, he was involved with the Choral Union. So he knows all about the props, the stage setting. He's been able to liaise with me with the technician, Mick, at the Centenary Centre. So he's been invaluable. I've been very pleased with all the things that Nick has done. He's got us our big props. He's picked them up, put them together on the stage. You know, I wouldn't have been able to do all that. And then um, one day I was walking through Ramsey and I saw Paul Bradford and I thought, oh, I've been meaning to ask Paul whether he could be the choreographer. And I was very fortunate because he said he could. <laughs> so, so he's been great and he's given us stage movements and he's set a few little dances and everything. And, we've, and the musicians and the cast, they've come up with ideas as well. So as you say, we've bounced those ideas off each other and now it's formed into something that I think people won't mind paying a tenner for, <laughs> I hope. Are you looking to take it further in the future? Um, I'd love to. Um, well, the musicians and I were sort of talking the other night about wouldn't it be great if we could take it to um, England and, you know, spread the word of Manx life, rural Manx life in the early part of the 1900s, further afield, uh, maybe encourage people to come over to the island to see where it all happened. Um, we could go to folk um, show, you know, festivals across. I, I always liked the idea of Lorient, been there before, and I could see it happening there. And my son and I are going to do um, a radio play of it. So, so that would be good, because we've got all the music recorded. And Culture Vannon have been really amazing because they've sponsored me and they've given me a substantial grant, so that's very helpful. Go to my order. Thank you very much. <laughs> Dilla Sauri, composer of the musical presentation Airs and Braces. Many people will have been disappointed not to be able to get tickets this time round because it's proved so popular, but Dillis hopes to be able to take it further in future. We'll soon be leaving behind the short month of February and over three nights on Thursday the 3rd, Friday the 4th and Saturday the 5th of March the Manx Amateur Drama Federation presents its one-act play festival at the Erin Arts Centre, with plays starting at 7pm, followed by an adjudication which the Federation encourages the audience to stay and hear, and then the overall winners will be announced following the Saturday adjudication. The President of the Manx Amateur Drama Federation is Michael Lees. the Manx Amateur Drama Federation, this is at last a return to something like normality. I'm pleased to say we're back, Bob, and we've all had our fingers crossed because, as for everybody, it's been a difficult two years. We had so much planned uh, for 2020, including the All Winners, all of which was cancelled, but I'm glad to say we're now thinking of positive things. We're back to organising the One Act Play Festival, we've got the Young Actor of Man, and we've got Easter, so we've got a very busy spring. 
Mm. And first in that list then is the Festival of One Act Plays, which will be coming up in early March. It'll be coming up next week. Mm. Would you believe March is here next week? So that's great. Um, And again, yes, our numbers are a bit down, but then all the teams have had difficulty coming together to meet up until, you know, when things restrictions eased a little. So um, we have got three nights which includes a youth section. Uh, it's not a youth night on its own because we've only got one entry because the the young people suffered, I think, more than the adults, really, because a lot of the drama schools, of course, weren't able to operate during the um, pandemic. So that meant that they lost contact with the pupils and, you know, it's, it's a case of trying to get them back in again. But anyway, we have got one very good entry called The Musicians, and I think there's about 17 or 18 young characters in that. So that'll be well worth seeing. So we look forward to that. And we open on Thursday, 3rd of March... And we have the youth on the Friday, along with an adult show. And then on the Saturday, it's the presentation uh, as well as a play. That's a little different this year because instead of the winners being announced in the Air and Art Centre, we're moving, when the play is over, we're moving to Falcon's Nest Hotel and we're having a little bit of a, a buffet get-together and then the an- announcement of the results. So that's just to make it a bit different, really. Mm. So perhaps we can look through which groups are going to be performing and what they're going to be playing. We open up with the Russian players and they're very well known in the south of the island. And and that's one of the things about the One Act Play Festival, unlike Easter, um, the local teams in different parts of the island get a chance to uh, attract an audience. And very often it's an audience they wouldn't have because Russian players, they tend to attract their own area. But for this, of course, they'll be attracting people from all over the island. So they start off with a play called the Drought Witch Discovery by Nick Warburton. And uh, this is an interesting play insofar as uh, is it Shakespeare or is it not? And so it'll be in full costume. It'll be an interesting play to come and have a look at. And by the way, all the plays this year, by sheer chance, are comedies. Oh, right. So, no, no, I'm sure there'll be lots of plays written about the pandemic in future mm. years, but this is not one of them. <laughs> and then we move on, on the same night, to the service players and they're doing a play called All By Myself by Robert Scott. Larry's been shipwrecked on a desert island for seven years and he thought he was on his own. But as it happens, something else happens and he discovers that there are others on the desert island. So that's a bit of fun. Mm. And then on the Friday, the 4th of March, uh, this is the one that I was talking about for the young people. It's called The Musicians. It's by Patrick Marber. And although some of these plays aren't necessarily known, the authors are. And Patrick Marber is a very well-known author. And that's being done by Stage One Drama School, which is... Jackie Hawkes, of course, and um, as I say, she's got a huge number in the cast, and that's great fun. It's all about um, a trip that they're making, uh, of all places, to uh, Russia, so um, that'll be an interesting one, and it's all about their school trip, and they're all musicians in the play, hence the title, so that's good. And then the uh, final play on the Friday night is called The Nativity Play by Daphne Kane. Uh, and that's the service players and I shall be very interested to see that one because it's a bit out of sync really isn't it here we are nearly nearly approaching Easter and they're talking about the nativity play but it has a lot to offer it's, again it's a comedy and then the Saturday night the final is the last 
play and that's The Lover by Harold Pinter again a very well known author Harold Pinter and that's a very well known play The Lover and that's by Hug the Limelight a fairly newish team they have been going some time but it's fairly newish and uh, they're based in the south of the island so uh, that'll be an interesting play that involves a bit of intrigue within uh, let's say a Two couples' marriages. <laughs> After that play, you'll be moving on to the Falcon's Nest before the adjudication comes. But the adjudication may lead on to uh, further opportunities as well. Absolutely. Now, the adjudicator is a man called Robert Meadows, and he's a member of the Guild of Drama Adjudicators. We only use that guild for adjudicators because they're the top one. And he's been to the island on several occasions, so people will know him. And um, he has the opportunity to choose the best play and the best actor, different ones and yes it might be his opinion but it's all based on the go to rules so they have each person has to attain a certain number of marks so therefore there is a sort of levelling out you know and then whoever wins can go on to the um, National Drama Festivals Association that's the All England Festival Association and they have uh, different quarterfinals, semi-finals throughout the British Isles and then the Isle of Man is part of that so they can qualify for that and that means whoever wins does get an opportunity to go to England and perform in one of the rounds. It'll probably be either the quarterfinal or the semi-final in England so you know it's an opportunity. Tickets are available for it, but there's a special concession as well for attending all the nights. There is. Special season ticket uh, to attend all the nights, or else you can buy your individual tickets. And, of course, the Aeronaut Centre have come into the 21st century now, so it's all online. You can book online, which is great. Or if you still want to go down and actually collect your tickets, you can do that as well. Uh, And then there is another competition that they qualify. I was talking to you there about the All England, but there's the National... National Drama Festivals Association that again was badly hit uh, because of the pandemic and that's an organisation that it's a a, a full length and one act drama festival and that will take place in July in Coventry and again the winner of this team this this, this week will be able to qualify to compete in that Mm. so there's lots of opportunities we mentioned the youth entry there, and we're also looking ahead this year to the young actor of man. Yes, we are. Now, again, we haven't been able to, like all the different um, competitions that there are, young musician, young artist and all that, that's all had to be gone, two years gone. But here we are starting again, the young actor of man. And this year it's a little different. Normally, uh, we invite an adjudicator over, and we have done this time. Her name is Sue Doherty. She's been here before as an adjudicator. But this year, the competition is a bit different. The the aim of it is to try and take out maybe some of the nerves that young people might feel. Well, we all feel nerves Mm -hmm. when we're performing. But um, So the idea is that she's going to have two what you might call master classes during the weekend and the young people will come to these and she will be doing the assessing whilst they're working Mm. so they don't feel that same pressure Mm. which you do, do build up so that's a new format and so the young people 
anybody between the age of 13 and 19 can apply. Now, they need to go online, they'll get an application form there, and they can send it off. That has to be done by the middle of March, because the competition is on Saturday the 7th of May and Sunday the 8th of May, but the actual competition entry has to be done by the middle of March. Go online, you'll see all the details, and everybody's welcome. You don't have to attend a drama school or anything like that. You can be just decide to have a go, and this is the one for you. Michael Lee's go to my morning. Thank you very much. Thank you. President of the Manx Amateur Drama Federation, Michael Lee's that we come to the end of this edition of Shachleh. Tashen Kerl Yungus Jera Shachleh and Hirschel. So now from me, Erefe Shen Vom, Fimana McCardle, Slame Liu.